So, um, as one of the, if you get to know me, you're going to find out there are things in life I really feel strongly about, that I'm really immovable about. My hatred of the Yellow Jackets, I'm really immovable on that. Um, my love for pizza, I'm immovable on that. But I'm also a walking contradiction sometimes. And so this is one of those times where I'm a walking contradiction because on my bucket list is to go to the Golden Gate Bridge. But I have no desire to ever go to San Francisco, which makes this really difficult. And so I'm trying to figure out how to work that out. But the Golden Gate Bridge is a, is a marvelous thing when you think about its origin. You know, we kind of see the way it is today. People drive across. It's really cool. But I don't know if you've ever heard the story of how it actually started. So in the 1930s, uh, the project was, it was decided they were going to build a 1.7 mile bridge, you know, over, over the bay in San Francisco. And at the kind of the height at the middle of this bay, wind swirled at 60 miles an hour, like daily. And so there'd be, and no pro, at this time, no project anywhere in the world had ever been done like this at, at that time. Now we've, there's a whole bunch of suspension bridges now. And so they began construction. And construction always ran behind. The reason construction always ran behind is because they were 200 feet off the water surface. And when you slip and you fall, you go 200 feet to the water surface. And so they were behind because of accidents. They were behind because they couldn't find people who would do it. And this is the, you know, the, the mid-1930s in our country coming out of the, you know, there's just a lot of things coming out of the Depression. Just a lot of things are different. And so it was decided that they would build a safety net for $100,000. Now, now $100,000 is a lot of money to me, okay? Just, but if you're building something, it's really kind of a blip in the radar if you're working on a project. But in, this, in the 1930s, $100,000 is an exorbitant amount of money, right? And so the, 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 the guys, the folks who were building this bridge decided they would invest $100,000 in a safety net to where when the construction workers fell, they would always be safe. They still might fall, right? I mean... People fall all the time. I mean, I know people that trip over nothing. So, you know, you suspend yourself 200 feet off the surface of the earth and you start working, man, it's nerve-wracking, right? But what they found out when they built this safety net and invested this money in is that the work on the bridge proceeded at a much faster pace. In fact, the project ended up being finished ahead of schedule because they invested in a net. And I think sometimes our walk with God is just like that. We're afraid to fall, but the truth is you're going to fall. I mean, we're, you're going to mess up. Things aren't always going to be rosy in your life. Sometimes things are really good, and sometimes things are really bad. And we've all been there. We know that. Sometimes you just do your best, and your best isn't enough. And sometimes... We just mess up and we fall. We don't mean to. But the really cool thing about a walk with God is when you're a Christian, there's a safety net. Yeah, you're going to fall. Probably going to be painful. 
It's going to, you know, but you never fall too far and you never, and the fall is never too hard because God is there to bridge us, to protect us, to catch us. And so as we're in this, this uh, series on the Psalms, you know, a while back we talked about prayer and, and being a prayer warrior and how important it was to pray. This series is about how we talk to God. You know, yeah, we're, the premise is we should be talking to God. And sometimes you talk to God when things are awesome and it's easy to talk to God when things are great. And sometimes you have to talk to God when things are not so great in your life. And so what we're trying to do is answer this question. So how do I talk to God? And last week, if you were here, we talked about talking to God when you're in a spiritual desert. And so this week, we're going to talk about a little differently. We're going to look at just two words that describe our relationship with God and his provision in our life. And, and so we can talk to God with confidence because of these two words. And so we're going to be the 91st Psalm. And we're going to look at a couple of verses. And, and so here's the first verse. And then we'll stop and we'll talk about it, okay? Verse 1 says this. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. The first word that describes God's sovereignty, God's role in our life, the reason we should talk to God and why we should have confidence when we talk to God is the word shelter. So it's been, man, it's been 25 years or so since I did this for the first time. But I had hiked, but I'd never hiked to the top of a mountain and camped before. And so it was like 25 or 26 years ago. I went with a couple of guys. One I was working for, so I, he liked me, so I kind of had the feeling he was going to bring me back. You know, he wouldn't take me up there to leave me. And, and he was taking the guy that he used to work for, and we were all going together. And he liked him, so I figured I was safe, right? And so we went to Gatlinburg and we hiked to the mountains. And I'm telling you, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. The scenery, the, the, I mean, the edge of the mountain. There's something that's really awesome when you're hiking on the edge of a mountain. At the same time, it's a little scary sometimes, right? It's really cool. And so we get to the place we're going to camp for three days. And it's February. I should tell you that. And so the first thing I notice is the shelter we're going to sleep in. And it's three stone walls with a chain link fence. Here's the question I ask. What's the fence for? <laughs> That's to keep the bears out. Oh, okay. Um, when are we leaving? That was kind of where I was at. And they could see this panic in my eyes. And they said, nah, the bears are hibernating. I'm like, what if their alarm goes off too soon? What if they get up? But I can tell you, yeah, the bears were hibernating. And they were like, well, you know, there's other stuff up here too. And you're telling me this before we hiked up here, right? You're telling me that. So now I'm wondering if he is trying to get rid of me, right? But we hiked for three days, and I was really thankful for that shelter. I was really thankful for that chain link fence. And when we woke up the next morning, there was two and a half feet of snow on the ground when there was none the night before. The shelter was a really awesome place to be. Sometimes, with God, you just need a shelter. You need a temporary place to go. You need a place to catch your breath. You need a place to kind of gather your thoughts. You, you, you need a place to, to kind of reset your feet. You need a place just to get out of the storm. My friends who ride motorcycles tell me the most awesome sight they will ever see is an underpass when it's pouring down rain. And, they can't, and, they, and, and for just a little while, they have shelter from the storm. Now, they don't want to stay there. 
And that's the thing about a shelter. A shelter is a great place to be, but it's not where you go spend all your time. It's just a place to kind of get away from things. Like if you go to the beach um, and you put up a tent, it's a shelter from the sun. Now, though there are family members who disagree with what I'm about to say, I don't know why you go to the beach to sit under a shelter all day when there's all that water out there, but that's a whole other story. And the, for the last two years, July 4th, there's this group of people who've come down, and, and we call them Tent City because one tent becomes like 15 tents, and they put them all together, and it's like a house. I mean, you can walk a lot of places and not get sunlight, right? It's, it's just crazy, but that's what a shelter is. A shelter is just a place to go when you need to get away when you need to reset, we need to regroup. And sometimes, that's what God is to you. Sometimes in your prayer life, I just need to catch my breath. I just need to kind of reset my feet. I need to set my bearings. And so there's a couple of words here that were also really important in, in, the, in verse one. And there's, there's three words that describe God and two of them are in this verse. And one uh, we'll talk about here in just a bit when we get there. And the first is a Hebrew word called El, El Elon and it's this word most high. Now, if you were here a while, I don't know how many months ago it's been, we talked about all these names for God. And we talked about the fact that while God has a given name, but there's all these descriptive names that describe God's character, and what he wants to be and who he is in our life. Well, El Elon is one of these words. It's a Hebrew word, and it describes God's strength and his sovereignty. You know, it's his dominion over the earth. That's really what this word means. And so the writer of Psalms, uh, which we'll get to that, this psalm in just a second as well, describes this sh that God's a shelter because he has dominion over everything. And so because he has dominion over everything, we can rest in his presence and be sheltered from whatever it is we need to be sheltered from. Now, the second word here is this word almighty, which is the word El Shaddai. We talked about that one a while back. And that is uh, this that it talks about God's existence, that he is everywhere. He exists in the past and the present and the future, that God exists at all times for all times. That, you know, that whole thing, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's because yesterday God was God, and today God is God, and next week God will be God. And God was present a thousand years ago, and he's a present a thousand years in the future. And I can't explain that. I'm not going to try to explain that. It's just the way that it is. And so you can have confidence when you just need to get out of the storm that God will provide for you exactly what you need, that he is a shelter from this life. And so, but it also talks about a shadow. And, and this image of a shadow is really important because, you know, if something's casting a shadow over you, it is over you, right? And so what we understand when we look at this idea as a shelter is this image shows us that God oversees the life of every believer, Whatever's going on in your life, God is not, I'm not saying he's shadowing over you, but he's covers up us for the things we're going through. Sometimes we just need to cover it up for a little while. And those times God covers us up like a shelter in our life. But one of the other things that happens in a shelter is that sometimes you end up in a shelter because you're carrying all these burdens around. And we spent weeks talking about burdens as well. And I'm going to confess something to you right now that I confess this past Wednesday night. Um, I am not practicing what I preach right now. And I'm just, I am carrying some burdens that I don't need to carry. I, I, I just am. 
And God and I, we're, we're, working, we're working it out right now. Okay, and I'm good with him and he's good with me. But sometimes when you go to the shelter, it's because you gotta let go of some stuff. Now the thing about a shelter is you can come and you can go, right? Whenever you want to. So I want to remind you what Jesus says about these burdens. Uh, a reminder if you were here, if you weren't here, just kind of let you know what God's position on burdens. He says in Matthew 11, come to me all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Sometimes you go to the shelter because you just need to unload your stuff. You just need a place to unload. And so God describes himself as a shelter. And so we can talk to God with the confidence that wherever we're at, whatever's going on, he wants to shelter us. He wants to protect us. He wants to be there for us. Yeah, it might be tough, but he'll be there for us and with us. Sometimes, you know, there, there's, there's two ways to look at it. When you can be tired and you need a nap. And you can be tired and you need to sleep. When you're exhausted, which we've probably all been there, a nap doesn't work. You need to sleep. And sometimes you need to sleep until you're not exhausted anymore. I'm going to tell you, if you're spiritually exhausted, and this, just being honest, sometimes it's better to sleep till you're not exhausted than it is to get up and go to work. I'm just saying. Sometimes you need to sleep and sometimes you need a nap. A shelter is where you go take your nap. When you're exhausted, you need a whole other thing, which is kind of the second word we, that we see. And that's in verse 2. And in verse 2, we see these words. I will say to the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Shelter is really cool when you need to stop quick, Right? Catch your breath, set your feet, get, you know, get direction. Shelter is also small, and a shelter is also intimate, which is a whole other picture here, is God has this relationship with us that he is mobile, and he's intimate, right? Personal. But sometimes a shelter won't do. Sometimes you need something else from God. And that is why we see here that, uh, that God is described as a fortress. And the Hebrew word is Metsuda, which literally means a castle or stronghold. And all of these images of, the, of these medieval castles with the drawbridge and the moat around them, you know, because they're going to make sure if you're in that castle, you feel safe. So here's what I need you to understand. A fortress is a fortified structure meant to keep you safe from attack, right? That's what God is when you need him to be. He's a fortress, and he keeps you safe. And if you study the Psalms, if you go read through all the Psalms, one of the things you see is that over and over and over that David describes God as a fortress, as a stronghold, that I'm being attacked on all sides, and I need a place where I'm safe. And that's what God is. When life circumstances are crushing, he's a fortress. And a fortress is not small and intimate. A fortress is there to protect you, to keep you safe. Forts are really cool. I love forts. I love going to forts. 
So just a few of them, um, because you can learn a lot about forts. Fort Pulaski, down the road, it's really cool. If you've lived this close and never been there, because apparently there's people who live this close and never been to the beach. So if you live that close, it's a cool thing to go see a fort. Fort Sumter, it's cool. Uh, fort Morgan uh, is, is maybe one of my favorites. It's, it's down in Alabama. But you know, when you see these old forts, what you, what you begin to understand is there's the fort and there's just all this land in between and then there's all these structures inside the fort. And the deal was when you're in a fort, you're safe from all sides, from all attacks, no matter who comes, no matter what happens, you're safe. That's what God is. He's a fortress. And when you, when you are overwhelmed, when you're in a desert, when you're underwater, that's what he is. He is a fortress for you. And that's what he wants to be. The problem is, we like building our own forts. We like fortifying our own structures. That's the problem. So the 127th Psalm says this, unless the Lord builds the house, builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stands guard in vain. In other words, David says in 127th Psalm, if God didn't build your house, you're in the wrong place. And if God didn't build your house, your house is going to fall. The really cool thing about all these forts is they're all in ruins. They're all in ruins. They're falling apart because people built them. All right? I mean, that's what happened. And most of all these forts eventually fell to the enemy. A lot of them because man built them. Sometimes we need to stop and ask this question. Who's building your fortress? Are you building your fort or is God building your fort? And here's what I'm doing. If you're standing over your own fortress, if you're guarding yourself, if you're your own city, and if you said, man, I, can, I'm, I am mobile and agile and smart and I don't need anybody and much less God, I can do it all on my own. Let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to get tired. You're going to need a nap. Then you're going to get tired. You're going to be exhausted. And then you're going to wake up one day and your fort has crumbled. Your life is in shambles because you tried to build your own fort. So the creator of everything describes himself as a fortress. And the word that's used to describe God is a word that we talked a little bit about. It's this word Elohim. It is the most common word description of God in the Bible. It's used over 2,500 times. And this word is the word we're introduced to back, like saying the Ten Commandments. I'm the, you know, I, I'm the Lord who created everything and he gives them the Ten Commandments. What it means is the all-powerful creator of everything. How can you have the confidence that God is a fortress in your life? Because he made everything. And there's nothing that doesn't belong to him. And there's nothing that doesn't happen. If Look, here's, you know, people say this stuff all the time. Here's what I know. People do a lot of things God doesn't like. That's a fact, right? We all agree with that? You know what happens when God doesn't want something done? You know what happens? Doesn't get done. It just doesn't get done. The, the Jews got together and decided they were going to build this big tower. 
uh, up to heaven. And the reason they're doing this is pride and arrogance. We're going to show God how smart we are. We're going to build a fortress, a, a tower, and we're going to reach heaven. Now, they weren't going to reach heaven. But it's their arrogance that brought them down. And God said, ah, I think this project's over. And you know what? It was over. And it's done. So here's the question. Do you want the creator of everything to build your fortress? You want to rest in him? Or do you want to rest in your own hands, in your own accomplishments, in your own security? The Psalms teach us, the 91st Psalm teaches us that God is a shelter who's intimate and personal, but he's also a fortress, a fortification, a stronghold where we can be safe at all times from all attacks. Now, there's a lot of interesting things about this Psalm. And so I'm going to kind of tell you this to you because it fits both ways. They don't really know who wrote this one for sure. But they narrowed it down to two people. Historians believe it was either David or it was Moses. And David just recanted what Moses wrote. Either way, two people who, who understood God in an intimate way, had a special relationship with God, understood that God was a shelter, intimate and personal, a place to, to catch your breath, and God was a fortress where I could be protected from all attacks from all sides. And what we learn is really simple. Here's what he, this is what the psalmist is saying. God's more powerful than anyone. God's more powerful than any circumstance. And God can never be defeated. Forts fall. God never will. So there's a story during the Civil War. It was uh, told about this Union soldier from Ohio. He got shot in the arm. All right? And so his captain saw he's wounded and told him, said, give me your gun and get to the back. So he gave up his gun, and he ran 200 yards straight back to where he found more fighting. So then he ran 200 yards to the east, and he found more fighting. Ran to the west, he found more fighting. He ran to the north, he found more fighting. He realized that no matter where he went, he was in a war. And he went back and got his gun and said to his captain, Sir, give me back my gun. There's no rear to this battle. Sometimes we think that there's a rear. There's an escape plan. There's a place we can go to escape the things of this life. There's a lot of wonderful things that happen every day. Those are horrible things that happen every day. But there's nowhere to escape God's presence. And there's nowhere to escape the fact that if you're a Christian, we're at war with the enemy. And there's no rear to this battle. And so when you understand, so the psalmist is saying, look, there is no rear to this battle. So if you need a shelter, God can be your shelter. And if you need to, to get in a fort, God will be your fort. Whatever you need God to be, he will be for you when you need that. He's just that good. He can be anything and everything we want him to be. My bucket list fort is Alamo. Now, I've been to the fake one in Panama City, and that doesn't work. Um, but the Alamo is a really cool thing. 189, 189 soldiers held off 2,000 soldiers for 13 days. It's really impressive. 
until you look at it from the outside. There's 189 soldiers, two lived, everyone else died, but man, we held off thousands for 13 days. Yeah, you did. But you know what happened eventually in day 14, right? The fort fell. Because that's what forts do when we build our own forts. They fall. They held out for a while. It's an amazing thing. It was a rallying cry. And, you know, this war with Mexico was won because of it. But they failed. As impressive as it was, there was only so much they could do. And that's the thing the psalmist is trying to get us to understand. In this life, there's only so much we can do. There's only so much we can do. There's only so far we can go. There's only so strong we can be. There's only, only so supported we can be. There comes a point in time where you need more than this life has to offer. You need more than the people around you have to offer. You need the creator of everything who understands that sometimes you just need to catch your breath. Reset yourself. Get some perspective. And sometimes you need to lay down and be protected. And here's the, here's the amazing thing about God. Here's what I've learned in my life over the years, what you probably have learned as well. Sometimes you think you need a fort, but God knows you just need a shelter. And he just provides a shelter. Sometimes you think you need a shelter and God lays you in a fort. So if you're trying to figure this out, well, I don't really know what I need. You know what God does? God knows what you need. And so turn to him and let him be your shelter. Let him be your fortress because he knows what you need when you need it. So here's what I'm telling The 91st Psalm teaches us that God is supreme over everything, every situation and every circumstance. And all he wants to do is be a safe place for us to go. No matter what happens. Father, we're grateful for um, this assurance that whatever happens in our life, that you are a place of safety. Sometimes we need a, we just need a quick place to go. Sometimes we need a place to lay down and most of the time we don't really know what we need. We know what we think we need. So many times in my life, I thought I needed a shelter and I needed to lay down in a fort. So many times I thought I needed a fort and I just needed to get some perspective. You know us so intimately. You know what we need when we need it. So Lord, I pray that we'll have the courage to just lay in your rest and trust that you will be what we need when we need it, that we will turn to you and not to ourselves. It's our prayer, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have a time of decision now. If uh, you want to...